this new phone. <clears throat> I used to have one X and two times zoom. This now it goes one to three, so it's fucking too much. <laughs> Duckin', fucking first world problems, eh? Seriously. <laughs> Like, There's a kid somewhere across the world. I fuck. I wish I. I wish I had something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> My phone has two X's. <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. Right. Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How are we doing today? It is September 28th, 2021. And joining me as usual. None of the P-Dog, Pep Cariotti. How you doing, Pep? I'm all right, man. You know what I'm impressed about is that our intro, the robot voice guy, how he says my last name, pretty bang on. Oh, yeah? Well, it's not an easy last name to say as, as a robot, you know, like it's that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think it's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gentleman that we paid to do it. And uh, that's his voice. Okay. Yeah. He, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. I'm pretty sure I had yeah. to get the. Uh, um, the pronunciation of your name and also, uh, no, I think maybe it was just your name. I think it was just, he nailed name. it. He nails it though. He, he nails it. So kudos to him. Um, all right. Well, shout out to, uh, I'll have to find out who it was, but anyway, uh, okay. So intro real quick. I yeah, know there's a, there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, Hey, why don't you guys hurry up? Cause I really want to catch that red blocks game. <laughs> hey, ouch ouch uh, here's here's how it's gonna go <laughs> uh both backup quarterbacks are gonna be out by the first quarter you're gonna have the backup right tackle throwing passes to uh bahar down the sidelines and seeing what happens anyway it's the first cfl game to start two um quarterbacks that have never that have zero cfl experience in the same it's game. not if you had told me at the beginning of the season that was going to happen to a team uh, you called it it was going to be the red blacks yeah, you called it. You've called this about, you know, the amount of retirements and uh, people that have had to just leave the CFL for whatever reason. And you said there's going to be a lot of new faces, uh, inexperience. And we're seeing that uh, in the level, the caliber of play and the scores. The scores are way down. Oh, yeah. um, it's wild, man. It's wild stuff. Yeah, it, it you know, it's, it's to be expected given the turnover of players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... You kind of hope by week, what is this, week, I don't even know, uh, whatever, seven? Six or seven. Six or seven that, you know, you'd start to figure it out a little bit. But there are, again, there's there's key injuries going down. There's, um, eh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's not very promising from a league standpoint of this is the product that we're showing and then we're displaying on the field. Anyway, it is what it is. The Red Blacks played tonight against the Edmonton Elks. Which you uh, ran into some today, uh, wearing short sleeves, I guess, which was too cold for them. There was about thirty of them. I mean, that's half the probably half the offense. And they were out there. They were they were standing on the corner of Colonel Bayou, wanting to cross over into Major's Hill Park. And they were all kind of like, you know, when you're cold and you're holding yourself. I'm like, but what are you guys? It's like 
It's like nine in the morning. You're in a t-shirt and shorts. I don't know who told you it was nice out, but it was cold. So they, hopefully they had a long day. And uh, that's Edmonton, Alberta, right? So they're probably just all got fevers from COVID that they're shivering on the sidelines. <laughs> oh, it's, oh uh, good point. Not a good, yeah, not a very good uh, scenario out in Alberta. Anyway, Touché. okay, moving on. Uh, mm-hmm. This weekend that just passed. Yep. I participated in something that was probably the most fun I've had in a long time. What? What? <clears throat> so uh, if you know, I'm a member at the uh, Cartier Golf Course in Elmer with uh, <clears throat> 30 or 40 other guys, all friends or friends of friends. And uh, it was the Ryder Cup weekend, right? The real mm-hmm. Ryder Cup weekend where, you know, Bryson DeChambeau was driving 400 yards to get on the green on the first tee and eagling hole one. And anyway, the U.S. <laughs> went off. But that itself is kind of a cool thing to watch from a golf uh, perspective and, like, mm-hmm. the difference of normal PGA Tours versus these 2v2s and then one-on-one matches and the points and stuff like that. Anyway, yada, yada. The uh, members of our group... Uh, got together and made this Ryder Cup day for all of us. So there's 24 guys put their names in, said they're going to be available. There was a draft throughout the week. So two captains, Todd Paul and Dan Pilo, made the teams, <laughs> drafted the teams, and then put the pairings together and how they were going to, to line up and go off. And so we we all teed off uh, between 8 and 9, had our first matches, and then uh, we had lunch. The pairings were mixed up, and... Uh, we went out again in the afternoon for another one to like finish it off. Anyway, it was a very, very long day. Beautiful weather. But yeah, it was perfect. the competitive juices that kind of came out in this environment <laughs> for me was amazing. <clears throat> I just hadn't had that in a long time. And, you know, with golf, it's, uh, you know, I was sore the next day. You know, I'm taking a lot of shots. But, uh, sure. I mean... Anyway, it was something that was really needed. It was refreshed, and I cannot <laughs> wait for next year's Ryder Cup tournament in Elmer. Ah, that's awesome. What a great group of guys, too. Eh? If it's the same group of guys I'm thinking of, they're, oh, yeah. that's an awesome group to play golf with, and they're all, you know, they're all pretty good. Um, so it's fun. Yeah. 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 Anyway, awesome. Very cool. Um, I want to kind of shout out. So I know we have a couple of listeners, avid listeners, who are uh, also uh, – uh, big dog lovers like yourself. Um, and we have some that are very heavily involved with some of the shelters and adoption agencies and stuff. And yeah, I wanted to sure. share a little piece of information. <coughs> Actually, yes. I'm not going to share it. I'm going to bring on producer Mike and he's going to introduce to a point his new family member. Mikey, how are we doing? Welcome back. First <laughs> of all, I'm sorry to hear that you guys lost in the baseball playoffs. That's the, the Dukes team is out of the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. but that being said, you're back with us now. This is the first time the three of us have been back for a live show in, uh, at least a month. Yeah, it's been a while, but you have some news too, right? From a family point of view. Yeah, we, uh, we are now proud dog owners. Okay. Hey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, and you're right. It's a, it's a rescue, uh, Northern Canada. So, uh, a lot of uh, Northwest Territories and uh, the two territories, Yukon, um, and none of it. And uh, this one, uh, ours, happened to be from uh, Manitoba, northern Manitoba, Cross, Cross Lake. And uh, was picked up by an RCMP officer, actually, uh, who found a stray. And uh, she's now she, uh, flown to Ottawa and fostered for a period. And then we sort of uh, uh, interviewed and 
and uh, were felt out to sea and, and sort of checked background checks or whatever you want to call it, uh, re- uh, references and whatnot. And uh, yeah, she's here now as of uh, Sunday. So pretty fresh. That's awesome, man. It, you know, these uh, these agencies do a great job in matching uh, people with dogs, kind of like, you know, if it's the right fit, you know, if you have a dog that has a lot of, uh, uh, you know, needs a lot of exercise and you live in a, a, a small townhome, it may not be the best mm-hmm. fit kind of thing. So these yeah. agencies do a really good job of interviewing and placing dogs with the right family. So, hey, congratulations, man. That's amazing stuff. What's the name? Yeah, Ruth. Oh, adorable. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Pep goes That'll right into you. doggy boys, yeah. right? adorable. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty cute, man. Right on. Yeah. And what's Ruth the Ruth in the, for? In the... She is uh, out right now. I think the I think family took her out for a walk there. But oh, uh, isn't that precious? You don't even mm-hmm. know. This was your but... first check-in. Where's the dog, Mike? <laughs> hey, I've, I'm uh, working from home, so I'm on duty from eight to three, eight to two thirty. Uh, it's just me and her. But uh, yeah, uh, congratulations. Going well so far. Yeah, and uh, definitely happy with the process. Right on. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, welcome back. We appreciate that you are back. This uh, show should go smoother. Pep and I had some yeah. bumpy roads. But anyway, welcome yeah. Ruth to the family. Right are we all wearing Jay's hats? We are. Yeah. It's, it, it's so cool to see the dome with 30, 30 large in it right now. It's the first time. I mean, 15,000. I mean, it's fine. But to yeah. see it 30,000 like this. And the Yankees in town, it's kind of got me excited to watch uh, the next three nights of. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Now, I don't think you were planning yeah. on it, Mike, but we're going right into the Blue Jays talk anyway, so we might as well keep you on and roll through what we want to talk about. This is a huge. Somebody who's. Sorry, someone's watching the game. He was was not turned on the game. He was not prepared. The game, folks. (laughs) Um, But this series coming up between the Jays and the Yankees is must-win. This is must-win TV, is it not? Can they split the series? Can they just take? Was it three-game series? Yeah, it's three. So two, two out of three, is that good enough? Or they got to go three for three? They, you know, the Yankees winning in. On over the weekend uh, against Boston, really set the table for a must-win now. Uh, it, the, the Jays almost have to take the three. Um, unless Boston continues to lose as, as they play. But, uh, you know, uh, the magic number, give or take, is going to be 91 for that last, 91 wins for that last uh, uh, wildcard team. And so the Jays, I think, they're with that Minnesota series, almost put themselves in a situation of, having to win out uh so yeah this this series just got amplified because uh, the yankees success over the weekend um so now because they were the team to catch uh you know boston was ahead and so you figure okay your yankees are your most realistic uh team to beat but uh now it's uh now it's a you know they, they have to win these games if 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 they don't win all three you got to hope boston loses and seattle you know they're uh, they're right in the hunt too, so uh, uh, that's another team that you you've got to be fearful of them catching the Jays. Yeah, for those listening, uh, the Jays are a game behind the Red Sox for the second wild card spot, and Seattle's only mm-hmm. a game and a half. And then yep. the Yankees have a game on the Sox, so really the Blue Jays are two games behind the Yankees. Uh, yeah. In and that flipped the uh, over the weekend because uh, the Yankees were a game back 
uh, of the Red Sox, and the Red Sox were two up on Toronto, and that, that so that flipped. Um, it's uh, one out and two on for the Yankees at the top of the first here. We got Yankees on the, on the second and third with only one out and uh, Mr. Stanton up to bat. Uh, that's, a, that's a potent lineup. Who's on the yeah, mound for and, the Jays? Uh, uh, Ryu. Ryu. Do we have concerns yeah. still about him? Is tonight like the game yeah. that, that shows us whether or not he's snapped out of it or if he's going to be a liability moving forward? Oh, you have to be concerned with how he's pitched the last uh, five, six, seven starts, and he had an impingement in his neck. Um, he doesn't he doesn't throw for a ton of velocity anyway, but you know um, if he's throwing even softer and this discrepancy between his fastball and curve changeup is is not that great, then uh, he's going to be easy to hit. Um, so and it's shown like his ERA is over ten in his last four starts. So this is a huge game for him. Uh, I don't think it's. They have to sweep, but they have to take two out of three. And the fact that they end up with Baltimore, they could they could take five out of six and maybe leapfrog Boston. The Yankees are hot. It's gonna be a yeah. tough series. And Stanton is is one of the, the hottest. Uh, oh of the my Yankees. god! So he's up right yeah, now. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Ryu, yeah, there's definitely cause for concern. Um, the 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 move to start him tonight, I'm not sure. Who uh, prompted that? Like, if it, if he went to management and said, I, I, "I want the ball," or if it was them saying, "No, we, we we're sticking with you. We believe in you." Uh, but eventually, they're gonna. He, he's got to pitch somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, what would you have with- done? That's a good. That's a good question. What would you have done? I mean, they have to. They got Barrios and Ray set up for games two and three. So Manoa just pitched. So what would you? There's really nobody left of any kind of caliber to start this kind of uh, high leverage series. What would like? What would you have done differently? Maybe start Barrios. I, I would have gone with Berrios or Ray uh, with start? the off day yesterday. Yeah, with, with the off day yesterday hmm. um, to start the series, and then by game three, then you can do your okay. We've we've won two. We've taken uh, and and check the standings, right? And you say okay, we're now now we're well positioned. We can. I mean, you can never afford to lose a game, but to take to take that roll of the dice and uh, hmm. and start Ryu. So this is a little more gutsy, and and maybe they figure, look, this team's this team, the Yankees team coming in is so hot right now. Uh, this might be the, the curveball they need to, to, to take them off their game. It's important to set the tone with the first game of the series. So you got to make sure that you go out there and, you know what I mean, like snap their, their hot streak. Say, look, we're who we are, and, and if you think that you're the best team in baseball, play like it. If you lose the first one, there's a lot of pressure on the next two. Anyway, okay, so for you, so Mike, I'm going to ask you real quick about the Guriel accident. In the outfield. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Thoughts on that? Is that not Guriel's fault? Yes. Get, you, you, I know what he was doing. You want to avoid the other player and, and let him throw it in. Get it, just get out of the way. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought, and, and I was kind of annoyed at how, like, I don't know, it was kind of, he was kind of being trying to be fancy with it or cute with it or whatever it was, and then gets mm-hmm. stepped on, and now, you know, a guy who's as hot <clears throat> as anybody – in the lineup, is out for you know a period of time that they shouldn't have been out in a key point of the season. It's a freak thing, and a, and a, you know it, like no one planned it or you know, but you can you can reduce that risk by just clearing out. <clears throat> Pierre posted on the UC Facebook page. It was a poll, and uh, this was a couple weeks back, and it was if the Jays have a one game, one game play in, who's going to be your starting pitcher, and you had Ray, 
Manoa. I think you had you had put Ryu down, which obviously has faded off. But has your opinion changed at all since making your vote? Both of you. No. No, me no. I I no. Manoa's a good good young pitcher. He's starting to fade just a bit, but he's aggressive. He comes at you. He's not as zero fear. But you know, we saw Stroman pitch game one in Texas in 2015, and he, I I compare the two. Maybe they're different size and stature, but their style is very similar. Right, aggressive, <laughs> a little bit of an edge. Uh, they throw the similar pitches. As a matter of fact, but um, we saw Stroman struggle when he got hit early in those games. So. I go with Ray. I mean, Ray is just, he leads the MLB in strikeouts. He comes at you hard. He's a lefty, which makes it complicated for anybody. And uh, I'm I sticking with Ray. I had, I had voted for Ray. Mike? Uh, likewise. And yeah, that's, and that's who I go with. Uh, I think he's been your best from start to, uh, to present. Like, uh, so he's earned it. And uh, I agree. Uh, Manoa, I, I really like him. And I think, uh, he, he'll be a good pitcher for a long time, but uh, and, and as you say, the, the the parallels are there between Stroman because he is a gamer. He, he gets up for it and he, he loves to compete. But having said that, uh, it's not something you you don't put the, that weight on him. Uh, That's another good point. point. That's another good point. Yeah. You brought you seem to like the idea of just the fact that you brought that up. Yeah, I, I voted for Manoa at the time, um, and I thought after his last outing, I thought. That was more evidence for me to stay with that opinion. I think there's, I mean, he's got a less, he's got a smaller body of work than Ray. You know, that's just is what it is. But that could also be an advantage. You know, he's young. He's got that enthusiasm. He's aggressive. And, you know, he's just a guy that I want to have out there. And I feel like he brings a lot to the table, even though as good as Ray is, but it's also planning in terms of getting into that next round, that next series. I know you can't look ahead, but when you have those kind of problems, um, I don't know. I, I just I really like the feel of when Manoa's on the mound. He sees his opportunity this year because had Pearson been healthy, had things worked out initially, I don't even think Manoa's in the majors this year. I think he's he skyrocketed through the minors in the last two and a half years. Like He just went right from bottom to top and he, I mean, he succeeded he deserves where to be where he is but yep. I mean this kid has shown so much usually these guys you see a little bit of wear and tear after a lot you know he's been with them most of the season wear and I'm tear or regression yeah, a little or, bit or of regression, regression nothing yeah I've seen nothing no. and uh and you're right you're completely right he he totally forced their hand like he th- he was pitching so well that it's you know and and there was that lull in the middle of the middle of the year where they they just Sort of shrugged and said, "Let's give him a shot." Uh, you know? And there was a need. I mean, they would. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right? There was so, that yeah. lull. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, they they brought him in, and uh, and he has given them no reason to send him back down. And that's Big the fan. best advice. That's yeah. the best advice. If let's say a coach was talking to a guy in the minors, and how do I get up? Play so they have no choice but to bring you up, and that's what Manoa did. A big first inning. Uh, Ryu just got out of that jam. Beauty. He struck out Sten, and he just got um, Joey Gallo to pop up uh, end of the inning. Fantastic. All right. That's a good start. Maybe he's back. All right, Mike, we're moving on to NCAA football. I appreciate your time. Head back you, to the uh, – and I'll do the intro because I'm already here. Go pet your baby, Ruth. I, th- 
I might put that volume a little bit lower. I got to figure that out because that's going like to be it. a little bit. Because every time I hit it, that's why you jump. Happy birthday, mom. <laughs> anyway. All right. In an essence of time, I'm going to whip through this a little bit quicker. Oh, you know what? No, because I, I have some. I'm leaning towards Notre Dame, and I, I don't know why. My heart takes me there. My football coach from high school likes Notre Dame. Uh, Rudy. So Mind you, the real-life Rudy Rudiger is a jerk, eh? He's, oh, a, he's a bona fide jerk. He charges way too much for public speaking. Uh, I've heard some stories about him, but uh, yeah, all I don't Notre know, Dame Brock. I wish they had a conference. You know, that's it. Say, hey, I'm not going to be a Notre Dame fan until you're in a conference. <laughs> until you're a real okay. fan. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Last week, again, awesome. College football is amazing. Awesome. Yes, I agree. Florida beat Tennessee 38-14. That was Saturday night. Beautiful win. I thought they played pretty well. It could easily have been a trap game after you play Bama so hard and then play a team that you should wipe the floor with. It was a little bit slow getting going, but Florida ended up winning. Notre Dame surprised me. They beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin, 41 to 13, which was, mm. again, a pretty good surprise. Uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. that just doesn't seem to be the team that we all thought they were. Uh, they put up a good fight against Penn State early in the season, but um, the fact they get whooped by Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is honestly not a great team right now. But anyway, <clears throat> they're ranked number 12. Actually, they moved up, I think, to 11 or something this week. Uh, Villanova, 17 <clears throat> versus Penn State. You know, it's a kind of another role, but I wanted to make sure Penn State was in there because I think they're in your choices as to what team you're going to be cheering they for. They certainly are. They're up to number six. I think they might have actually raised a little bit this week as well, but uh, Jesse Lucetta and you got an Ottawa kid, so I follow them a little bit. Iowa State, ranked number 14, lost to Baylor, who's unranked. So they're going to drop. That was a big game, a 31-29 game. The shocker of the week was Clemson, ranked number nine, going into North Carolina State and losing in double overtime, 27-21. So they've dropped considerably in the polls, oh, and I am, there's no reason I, for it. I am not a Dabo Sweeney fan. I'm just, I never have been. I didn't like Lawrence. I don't like the whole like holier-than-thou style of, uh, of interview and stuff. Like, come on, it's football, guys. Holier-than-thou. You're teaching guys to like – you know, lay a lick on somebody for a living. I it just, it, it, there's something off about those kinds of guys and those kinds of coaches. I'm not a fan of Dabo Sweeney at all. Notre Dame is the most religious school on this <laughs> list. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Talking, Touchdown, well, Jesus, talking, and whatever. Hey, preaching, you know. Well, it's because Chip Kelly is the devil. Anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just take that into consideration when uh, when you're making that team. Anyway, Wungalele. Okay. Uh, the offensive line, like the, the weapons, yeah, they lost some guys, but there's no reason for Clemson to be losing North Carolina State um, except for something happening internally, and they're just not there. Um, anyway, Wolfpack, moving maybe. on. ACC, I think the best team in the ACC right now is, uh, shoot, it might be North Carolina State. <clears throat> um, Texas A&M, number seven, lost. So this is an SEC matchup, but they were number seven. Went into Arkansas, number 16, with the uh, – the Razorbacks, and uh, and lost. Arkansas won 20-10. to 10. That was kind of a huge game, and there's going to be a big one, I think, this weekend um, with Arkansas. Yeah, because Arkansas plays Georgia this week. 
That'll, I give you guys, I'll give you guys a schedule on what you're going to be doing on Saturday. Anyway, Arkansas <laughs> lost. Uh, North Carolina also lost. So another ACC powerhouse or one of yeah. their hopefuls for the playoffs. Uh, lost to Georgia Tech, 45-22. Yellow West, Jackets. Oh, they're actually playing pretty well. It's good football going on over there. West Virginia Basketball. just lost to Oklahoma, ranked number four in the country, Oklahoma, lost to or uh, just beat West Virginia 16-13. West Virginia has that other kid from Ottawa, Akeem Messador, number 90, was wreaking havoc out there at the D-line position. Fans of Oklahoma Sooners. Spencer Rattler was your Heisman hopeful, the, the front runner at the beginning of the season. And he, Who does has, he play? What does he play? He's the quarterback for Oklahoma. Okay. And... Uh, again, played well last season. Uh, last season, they beat the Gators in the bowl game. The bowl games don't count if it's not enough for a national championship because Pitts didn't play, Tony didn't play. Anyway, all these guys didn't play because they were sitting out for ready for the draft, which is the whole thing now. Anyway, Sooners won that, whatever. Now they're back, and Spencer Rattler, who came in the preseason as the Heisman favorite, has done nothing. So even the fans are looking for somebody to replace them, which is not great in Oklahoma, but let's see what happens. They're still on your list. And then the other thing that kind of popped up, Ohio State smoked whoever they were playing, but one of their linebackers quit mid-game. I don't know if you saw that. (laughs) I did not see that. Anyway, so I guess this guy, he's a senior. I can't remember his name now. He's a senior, and he went to go on for some sort of package, like later in the game, and he got waved off by the younger guy who's in there. And so he came back to the bench and basically lost it, threw his uh, gloves and his jersey up into the stands, I think. And then he was kind of calmed down, and then something else happened, and the coaches finally, like, kicked him out. And by the time he got to the locker room, there's a video of him, like, being escorted to the locker room. He's running in there, and then he tweets out F Ohio State from the locker room. So he's he's not going to be returning anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but that was uh, the most Talk exciting thing to happen. Talk about a way to seal your game. fate, eh? Talk about a way to seal your fate. I mean, you know, 30 years ago, a guy leaves the, for the locker room. Maybe he just blows off some steam, comes back to practice the next day after talking to a coach, and they 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 patch it up, whatever. Yep. Now you fire off a tweet, it hits 4 million Ohio State followers, and uh, and you, you've put it out into inner space, how many uh, snapshots are, have been taken of the of the tweet before? I'm sure it was taken down. I would be, I bet you he took it down. Um, it just uh, it, it's just a different era we live in, I guess. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a reactionary era, and that's fair. You know, social media can be good for a lot of things. Not a lot of things for connecting yourself with like people yeah. that you haven't seen for a while across the world, whatever. Sure, but. The fact that it's so accessible and so easily to go off the deep mm. end and send tweets and stuff like that uh, well, can get you in trouble quite a bit. So it's uh, it's definitely it's a new age. Uh, I really think there's got to be some sort of educational aspect of how these kids should be navigating social media and a lot of things. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. You know what's funny, eh? uh, and I don't want to get into a whole rant about social media, but I start, I got on social media in 2007, 2006, 2007. And you know what? It's what? It's 2021 now. It's, it's 14 years, 14 and a half years. It took me a long time. It took me seven or eight years to really grasp the potential of, of social media, like, you know, the potential for good and bad and things I say and the impact I could have on people 
in a positive way or a negative way. And when I first started, I did a lot of jokes and I, I used some, maybe some coarse language that I, you know, I wouldn't use on a, on a post necessarily. And, uh, I learned as I grew up and matured a bit to just be smarter with my posts. And, uh, now I, now I use it as a, as a means of just communication and getting laughs out of people in a, in a positive way for the most part, but it took me a lot to learn. And I'm, a, I like to con- consider myself fairly intelligent. So, you know, somebody who's a little bit more reactionary or maybe immature, I could see how they can really blow themselves up on social media. Like they could really ruin themselves. Like you said, it's sealing his fate. Uh, sometimes you're even in that position. You're like, you know what? I don't want to, you know, mend it and then be in the same situation. So I'm just, I'm literally, that's it. Like, yeah. Taking the last shot. There is no coming back from this and whatever. That's anyway. it. All right. What's the schedule for this weekend? All right. The schedule that's for the this weekend. Here. You, are they? Oh, they the just new got... phone. I don't have it hooked up to my thing. I have nothing. <laughs> Your phone's really, really having a bad night. <laughs> uh, I think I was right. recording What's for that, so I'll put it in the intro. Anyway. Uh, NCAA schedule this NCAA week. We got six games. You're going to get up. You're going to have breakfast. Do a little okay. exercise if you want to get up for a bike ride. By noon, oh. you're back home. You're in front of the television. Chicken wings, whatever you need. Arkansas, <laughs> number eight. Is that Georgia number two? That is your Ooh. game of the week. That starts at noon. Okay. So you could still be having your oatmeal at that point. 2.30, Cincinnati, who's ranked number seven, is at Notre Dame, ranked number nine. Nutty. There's your other game. If Cincinnati wins, they knock Notre Dame out of the, any discussion out of your mouth in terms of favorite teams. <laughs> okay. 3.30 <laughs> is number 12, Ole Miss. Visits number one, Alabama. Hey, this is Lane Kiffin's old miss. And some of these guys, he's got a pretty high potent offense. So let's see what happens with that. At 6 p.m., you got Florida at number 10 at Kentucky. Uh, that's actually sort of an upset watch for me. Uh, Kentucky has beaten Florida a couple of different weird ways over the last little while. Um, and uh, uh, a guy I used to play with in Montreal, uh, Anwar Stewart is a defensive line coach for uh, Kentucky as well. So great uh, linebacker. See him, uh, you know, his posts and stuff before uh, before the game. Anyway, not really the game everybody else wants to watch, but I'll be watching it. Seven o'clock is Baylor at Oklahoma State. That's a number twenty one versus number nineteen. A little bit lower Cowboys. down the chart, but still probably an entertaining game, uh, especially in that Texas Oklahoma sort of <clears> region. <throat> and the last one is at nine o'clock. It's number twenty two Auburn who is a pretty decent team, goes to LSU. Now, LSU's not ranked, but this is an SEC West matchup. LSU, Death Valley on a Saturday night is a place you need to see. That is on my bucket mm. list as well. And people go in okay. there. It is mayhem on a is Saturday LSU's night. Is LSU's coach still Bobby Boucher? Yeah, Ed, Ed Orderon. Yeah, Ed, <laughs> crazy Ed Orderon, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's still him. Okay, uh, anything right. can happen that game, but just the atmosphere of the stadium is worth tuning in for. Anyway, all right, and that's your game. That's your weekend. That's your Saturday. That's then, awesome. Okay, let's get into the National Football League. <laughs> Before we do that, the Jays are running all over 
Gary Sanchez. They've stolen two bases this inning alone. Be and, aggressive. Uh, yes, well, you like you like this. I uh, do. And Jamison Tyon, who's pitching for the uh, Yankees, he had a bit of a bit of a slow delivery to the to the plate. So I think this is more strategic based on his throwing motion than it is. Sanchez's inability to catch, but uh, this is very promising. I like the fact that they're being aggressive, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is great stuff. Anyway, sorry, I'm I, obviously we're huge Jays fans, so we're going to be keeping an eye on the game. Uh, but we want to touch on a little pigskin because it was another very entertaining, very interesting weekend in the NFL. It sure was. It sure was. <laughs> and we could start. I mean, with because I saw Tiger. Okay. <laughs> Not that thing again. That thing has been haunting me since 2000. That hat has been haunting me since 2000. Put that thing away. <laughs> oh, so anyway, that's <laughs> we can start with the Steelers and Bengals sure. if you would like. Yeah, sure. Let me tell you something about the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, good defense. They spent a ton of money on that defensive line. Uh, vastly improved. Uh, against the run. I uh, saw a stat uh, this morning that Najee Harris has been hit behind the backfield, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, sorry, the most in the NFL. And I, I, there's second place isn't even close. So the fact that he has positive yardage this year is, is a miracle. Uh, but going back to the Bengals, really, really good front seven. Like they play good, solid defense. They didn't give up any of the big plays. Their secondary is like, uh, a mishmash of some really good vets, some good signings, and a couple of young guys. Like Bengals are are going trending in the right direction. They're two and one now, yeah. um, and uh, you know we, their Achilles heel. I think we all agreed was going to be their offensive line. I'll tell you what they're doing well. Joe Mixon is the uh, second leading rusher in the NFL. They run the ball, um, so I don't think pass protection is tremendous right now, but they're getting better. Uh, so I was impressed with the Bengals. I was impressed with their short passing game. I was impressed with Burrow's ability to uh, get out of the pocket. He ran a little bit, so he's confident on his re- reconstructed knee. Uh, I was really impressed with him. And, uh, you know, there was a report today. Um, Bengals wide receiver, last name's Boyd. Trevor Boyd? No. Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Trevor Boyd's a friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd said uh, the Steelers gave up at halftime. Uh, kind of a big statement. Mike Tomlin rebutted and said, I don't really care what he has to say, which is typical coach's uh, response. But um, I was really impressed with the Bengals. You would have been impressed with their offensive line, Brock. They were they ran the ball really well. They're young. They got a couple of guys. They're a second-round draft pick from last year who was hurt. Um, he He's back and healthy. They look pretty good, man. They look pretty good. I know Sewell was the guy uh, that you think they should have picked, but Chase had two phenomenal catches. That's uh, one good in the end because zone. I know that he thinks the balls are bigger. <laughs> well, let me tell you, he he made a, a shoestring catch, kind of like um, what's the guy from the in the uh, Great Cup there in the snowy Great Cup in the nineties? Uh, Eddie, Eddie uh, Brown. Brown. Yeah, is he that made Eddie a catch Brown very from similar Elmer, to that. Eddie Brown. I think so. That must be the same dude. Yeah. So I was impressed with the Bengals. Uh, Pittsburgh is listless. I don't have much to say. They're decimated on defense. They, they had their two outside linebackers hurt. They've lost uh, Aluwala for the rest of the year. To it is on long term. I don't know what's going on with him. So they're decimated already, and it's only week four. Um, but their offense is awful. Like I, I actually think this is the, the you know when 
players stay one year too long. I love I love you, Ben. I, I love Ben Roethlisberger. He's he's unable to break the pocket, um, and he's unable to throw on the on the run like he used to, which was really something he could do really really well. He's just not able to do it. And part of it is the receivers. The receiving core is the most overrated in the NFL. I've been saying that the last couple of weeks. I stand by my word. They're not that good. Claypool is not as good as he is in his own mind. Um, he has to learn to run better routes. He has to use his body better. I know he's young. I know he's developing. But, yeah. hey, we're talking about a, a Super Bowl window that's shut now. Now they have to figure out what they're going to do the rest of the year. Take that receiving core and put them in Green Bay. What do they look like? Claypool maybe sees success. The rest of them are not very good. De- Deontay Johnson is perpetually hurt. He, he gets hurt once a game, comes off for a, a series or two, and then comes back. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is uh, the prototypical slot receiver. He'll, he's solid, um, but that's it. Who else is there? James Washington? He's terrible. That's already – that's two to Aaron Rodgers' one so far. So even that, <laughs> he's going to – you know what I mean? Like that's – just the fact uh, well, that you had two, two players there, Rodgers is like, I, I would love that. I, mean, I don't know. Najee, I think Ben – Najee I Harris ben, was good. Big Ben has a good role to play in what these receivers do and don't do, and I think it's his diminishing play that is also affecting some of that. I also don't know if their offensive scheme. Who's their offensive coordinator? Matt Canada, who who I think is in over his head. He's from college. He was a quarterbacks coach last year. The offense looks very similar to what they ran last year. I mean, they were they were talking about Matt Canada. We're going to have more motion and we're going to have more bigger sets, and it's the same stuff they were running last year. It's the same stuff. I will say this, Najee Harris looked good out the backfield. He caught some balls this year, this week, which was nice. Uh, he ran the ball with uh, a bit more confidence. So he's coming around, but that offensive line is just porous. And, uh, you know, my preseason analysis of them is has not been accurate. Their offensive line is actually struggling mightily. So what's their first priority in the draft next year? Yeah, offensive line. They have to, they have to draft offensive line. Um, the t- tackles specifically. I don't think Chuck Sikorafor is the man. I don't think Zach Banner is the man. Um, and quarterback. I mean, like, let's face it. I mean, that's an all-star defense, right? Quarter- quarterback. They have to really think now about life after Ben. That's an all-star defense on the bench in the uh, the tubs, right? Yep. Like, all your good guys are, are injured. Yep. You know, I mean, no depth, no depth at all. They, their, their depth is so thin at every position. Really, they can't afford to have Joe Hayden miss a game. They can't afford to have, a t- they can't. I mean, without T.J. Watt, they're not a good defense. I mean, that guy is truly the MVP of that team, at least. Yeah. Then he got paid, and now you know, a chiropractor say like, don't sit on your wallet because it'll like misalign you. <laughs> Put a hundred million in that side, and he's I, like, man, I'm hurt. Uh, I'm a huge T.J. Watt guy. His first two games, he had three sacks and two strip sacks. I mean, the guy's a force. Yeah. So he's and like, he's all got right, a groin. Proved it. Now I'm out. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just. <laughs> let's savage. see what happens. Savage. Yeah. Let's bring next. Back. Next, <laughs> Ryan. The Ryan Ravens beat the Lions 19 to 17. Terrible. Horrible game in regards to the play right before the field goal was clearly a time count violation that wasn't called, which should have made it fourth and like 17, which would have made it like a 71-yard field goal attempt. Right. Hail Mary. They didn't call it. Terrible. Are the Lions the most like the most jinxed team in NFL history? I mean, how ne- next to the Vikings, which is uh, uh, which is funny because they're in the same division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
Like, look at the that was it two years ago where Aaron Rodgers had that hail mary. Yeah. Um, but you know he was scrambling the play before and he got sacked, but the guy just sort of grabbed his face mask or or, or grazed through his face mask and they threw the flag. <laughs> the next play he throws a hail mary. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, it's tough to watch. And the Lions. I mean, I was talking to somebody about how maybe they should have gone for the touchdown instead of settled for the field goal, and they left too much time on the clock and this and that. Like, you know what? Like, it was fourth and 19, and uh, and uh, uh, Lamar Jackson completes a pass down the field, but they still, it was still, there wasn't enough time left on the clock. They should have won that game. The referees took that game from Detroit, and uh, that's, that's disgusting. And it would, leads me to think the NFL needs to really reconsider teams being able to challenge everything. Yeah. In today's day and age, right. with the technology, there's got to be, we've talked about it before. You know, I know we talk about it in baseball and people, you know, complain about it from that, from a balls and strike standpoint. I had a video that I was, I just deleted off my phone because I was, I wanted to show you the one time it was uh, Simber pitching and went right down the, the pipe and he didn't call it a strike. And he just kind of like, week? yeah, last week-ish, you know. That, yeah. Anyway, just ridiculous. But the same with the NFL. There is so much money in that league. And when they do replays, it's New York that's looking at it, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a hub for replays. <clears throat> Why isn't, and I'm sure they're, they don't just turn on their monitors when they get buzzed to take a look at it. They're looking at everything. Mm -hmm. If there is a clear violation somewhere, step up. College football has a buzzer system. They buzz down to the ref. They'll stop the play. They'll, yep. they'll stop and they'll say, this play is under review for something. Yep. The NFL needs to do that because there's not only players and teams involved, but they've set it up and they've promoted it as a huge money outside of the game. Betting, fantasy, whatever. They've done that yep. to try and really spark that interest in the league, which is great. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. You got to make sure that you're getting stuff right. How many people lost money over that field goal that made it? bet on the lines to, to, to upset or whatever, and now you're screwing them out of how much money. Like, that's where you start to lose it, and that's where, not I'm saying the NFL is fixed, but I'm just like, you have well, the ability to do this. If you're not doing it, there's a reason for it, and I, and I don't trust that reason. Replay that and challenges, it's all designed to get the call right. And you know what? It, I, I mean, shame on Detroit for not stopping and going berserk. If I was Dan Campbell and I just saw the play clock go down to zero, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and it's still it's still under, under center, I'm running on the field losing yeah. my mind. Say, like, you know, I, call, throw a flag on me and then say replay and realize that, no, yeah. it's not a flag on me because the, the play was over two seconds ago. Yep, 100%. 100%. So a little bit of like you got to take – grab the bull by the horns and say, hey, listen, I, I'm not going to let this next play go off. I'm just going to, like, this, this was a time count violation, and uh, and that's that. Like, it, there were a lot of people to blame. Uh, I thought the game ended. I'm like, did not did nobody notice that? I was watching it live. I'm like, did nobody just notice that the play clock was up? Like, or maybe, I thought maybe that what I was seeing on TV, you know how they have the ticker at the bottom. I thought maybe it, yeah. it's showing here, but maybe on the field it's not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Right? You never know, right? Yeah. No, 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 it was. And the referees admitted it, so... Uh, that's just a terrible, terrible, terrible way to lose. And look, you go from one from zero and three. Now they could have been one and two coming off a, a big win against a good Ravens Very team. Very big win. It changes the whole perspective. Changes the the narrative for the Lions. Now they're sitting at zero and three again, and they got a tough matchup this week, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're playing Minnesota this week, and Minnesota's coming off a really nice win. Uh, I think it's Chicago. 
they play in Chicago this week? I believe so. Yes, you are. They're at Chicago. That's a tough game. You know, tough inner uh, inner conference game or uh, inner interdivision anyway. So yeah. yeah, tough loss. Tough loss. Uh, I feel for the Lions. Um, yeah, you know, I like cheering for them. They're always the underdog. Um, you know, again, I got friends and family ish down in Detroit and stuff. So they're big Lions fans. So I always kind of hope they do well, but they just constantly are let down ah. over and over, which kind of sucks. They got to get rid of that all great, all great business. That's terrible. I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the chargers beat the chiefs 30 to 24. Is wow. that, are you shocked at this point? The chiefs are one and two. Well, I picked two games, two locks, and that was one of my locks. Oh. I thought that for sure the Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers at home coming off a loss. I also had the uh, Broncos destroying the, the Jets, so I was bang on there. Who, but, uh, boy. Here I am wondering, like, hey, let's discuss it. Like, what went wrong with the Chiefs? And I forgot that they were your lock, which is where it went yeah. wrong, and now that everything <laughs> makes sense in the world. Hey, Kansas City's got problems on defense. Kansas City got problems. They can't get pressured on the quarterback. They've got they've moved Chris Jones from nose tackle to end, and I don't think it's working. He does working. not look good there. No, he doesn't look good there at all. And uh, I think their linebacking core is not very good. And Teron Matthew is a little bit of a one-trick pony. I think his interceptions are are uh, off deflections most of the time or bad throws, really bad throws. Well, he's a safety, I, I right? So yeah, yeah. So I mean, safeties I are kind of that cleanup. Anyway. Clean up the mess. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that defense is lacking a little bit of talent um, or a lot of talent. They lost a, little, a lot this offseason. I think Sorensen is their other safety. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot going on on that end of the ball. And it's, you know, the, the teams are keeping them off the uh, off the offense. They, they're sitting on the uh, – their Chiefs offense is sitting on the sidelines a lot, more than I've ever seen. Which is if your defense can't stop them, they're like, we're going to keep you on the field for as long as possible. If we can continue to get yards at our will – then we'll just do it in smaller chunks. We don't need to go for the long bomb and say, let's go. We're going to get in a shootout. We're going to say, hey, yep. you're going to be tired, bored on the sidelines by the time you come out. So as long as we can get down and, and put some points up. So, yep. I, you know, I agree. I think the Chiefs are in tough. And, uh, you know, I think we might have both chosen the, the Chiefs to come out of that conference. But uh, at this rate, mm -hmm. I just don't know if they even – like they'd be fighting for a wild card spot. It's it's only week four, but I hope when you look up the AFC West, they're last. They're gonna have some layup games coming up, I know. But anyway, um, news on the Andy Reid front, who went to the hospital after that game. It was, yeah. he was treated for dehydration um, and got a couple cheeseburgers in him, and he's good to go. <laughs> so I think he's. <laughs> I love the Walrus, man. Uh, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, please be okay. Yeah, like, right, such a yeah. great, great dude. Um. Miami took the Raiders to overtime. Ended up losing 31-28. Did you watch any of that game? I mean, there were two lists. Um, um in Las No, I Vegas. didn't. I saw I saw the highlights. I like Jacoby Brissett. Thought uh, he played really well uh, as a Gator, backup, yeah. you know, veteran guy. But uh, you know, the Raiders are winning these tough games that they all that they lost last year. So they're flipping the script this year and winning these close games. Uh, and, and Hey, listen, kudos to their offense. I mean, that offensive line did not look good week one, but they pulled it out. Um, and now they're starting to come together. They're young. Leatherwood's getting a little bit more experience. I think he's their, he's their weak link on a pretty good line. I'm, I, they're proving me wrong. So, he's going to be good. That kid was from Alabama. He's a monster. Yeah. yeah. 
So, and you know, they've got weapons. I, I like Renfro a lot. And if they can use rugs the right way, and they've got Waller and Moreau and a good running game, and Derek Carr's got a little bit of cockiness to him this year. Hey, I'm hey, I'm a Gruden fan too. I like John Gruden. So Chucky. Chucky and the Mannings, man. I can listen to those guys all day, every day. <laughs> I used to like Gruden. He's uh it's tired. Like it, it's just it's a I don't know. It feels more sticky now with his like the way he talks and like his mannerisms and whatever. I feel like he's just he's just doing it because that's what he's known for now and he's kind of Anyway, so for me I like it. uh, it's lost on me. Anyway, <laughs> Okay. Uh, kudos to the Raiders. A lot of Raider fans that we have listening in. So uh, congrats yep. on on those. Uh, a game I did watch, uh, pretty much start to finish, was the Tampa at Rams game. And mm, impressive. That is very impressive. The Rams team, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford mm. is doing Matt Stafford things, what he was expected mm. to do. This yeah. is the difference when you have a guy in a system that fits him. That has some mm. talent around him. I mean, the mm. guy went to Detroit, still put up some pretty good numbers, and mm. now he's in a system where, you know, it's, he's not the only piece of the puzzle anymore, and he's just doing his thing. And I think the Rams, man, the Rams are look really good defensively, mm. offensively. They spread the ball around. You know, I, I kind of like McVeigh. I kind of like his energy. You know, thirty-five and, years old. Yeah, ridiculous. Honestly. Crazy. Uh, but he, I mean, he's running around, he's high fine people. He's zigzagging to get in the locker room and he's just mm. a, a pumped individual. And if the players are responding to that kind of stuff too, then kudos. But I thought the Rams looked really good and the Bucks, yep. um, I mean, Gronkowski took a lick at mm. one point. It was almost folded in half. Uh, Brady, even with Donald on the sidelines was getting pressured because the Rams defense was pretty good. Um, but when Donald's in there, he's right in his face. I think that just messes up his timing and it's again it's pressure that's not typical right usually you get a lot more pressure from the outside and they can kind of stonewall the front and donald's just one of those guys you can't really block well if you look at the way the the tom brady played his last year in in new england and uh, the book on him was getting pressure up the middle and that tennessee game that they lost at home was uh pressure up the middle and he just you know, you get him moving left or right instead of stepping up in the pocket, and I think you got a you got a better chance at least of beating uh, Tampa Bay. I, I liked what the Rams do. I love the Rams' creativity on offense. I love how they use Cooper Cup, slant routes, deep outs. Like he he's all over the place. I mean, that's a that's a fun offense to watch. It's a fun team to watch. But their defense is lights out. Hunter Renfro should be the poor man's Cooper Cup. A hundred percent. That's a great comparison. Uh, and and. Cooper Cup in fantasy football. Yeah, I took Cooper when he came out of the draft. I drafted him early in the other one we had. And it just took a while to mm-hmm. mesh. But this is the Cooper Cup that I expected him to be when he came in the league. Like once, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's the the kind of guy and, and the, the player he can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he's paying dividends. I no longer own him. He's in a different league. So I'm just getting shelled by him. Anyway, it is what it is. He put up monster yeah. points. Uh, but again, it's, it's also the... Uh, the ability to spread the ball and the creativity that does open these lanes for him, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game I wanted to bring up was the Green Bay at San Francisco 49er game. That was a uh, Monday night. I good believe. game. Very yep. good game. Uh, I bet on uh, Green Bay actually. And I thought that uh, um, 
I thought it was over at one point. I had a buyout mm. at a certain thing. I said no, and then <laughs> Kittle goes down the middle for a big, big gain, and the the Niners roll and throw it in the end zone and take the lead. Mm. And um, you think that's it, and then Rodgers pulls out his magic again. And I thought, yep. Um, I kind of thought the Niners gave that game away, to be honest, on defense. I just feel like the calls that they oh. had were not quite what they should be in that situation, and they gave them a lot of open field. Um, but, again, those are the, the chances you're going to take, and Rodgers is going to find that opening, and he did. And there was then one throw he made. One. There was one throw he made. Uh, it was in the middle of the field there on, on that last drive, right over Fred Warner, maybe like a hand oh, length yeah. over Fred Warner. I'm like, that's it. Fred Warner is all all pro. Like, he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And I mean, that, that's a, just a fantastic throw. So, yeah, I mean, that's, just that's the, the Packers. Yep. Coming together, you know, everyone panicked week one and all they got slammed by the Saints and uh, although the Saints looked pretty good last week. Um, hey, you know, this is this is Green Bay. This They were a game, a play, a whatever, a bad play away from representing in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, people forget that and they've brought back pretty much the same team. So not surprised. No. And I, again, that's the difference for me from the NFL and from college football <clears throat> is you can have that like, hey, I... I didn't even want to start my season until week two. So the first one against the Saints, uh, I threw for 12 yards and uh, had a hot dog on the sideline or whatever. Like, you just didn't care to be there. Slicked hair back. He was kind of like, oh, I guess I better mm-hmm. kind of get up for the next 16 games. And mm-hmm. now he's decided to play. Where in college, you can't do that. You'd be out of the hunt probably after week one. Um we're anyway. going to start talking about uh, New Orleans soon. The way they handled the the Patriots on the road, and they confused the hell out of Mac Jones. They're playing good defense. Uh, their defense you know, is going to have to play good. Yeah, but they're they're doing just enough on offense, and they've got uh, some weapons. Um, obviously, the, the known commodities with Camara and and whatnot. But like, their defense is good. Like, really, really good. They're fast, and they're creating turnovers. I think they got a, a, a pick six at least off Mac Jones. So, like, we're seeing some stuff from New Orleans that I think in by week six, week seven, we might have to start talking about them a little bit more as a sleeper team. Uh, I didn't even have them in on my radar. So, hey. I, I showed no <clears throat> confidence in Jameis Winston whatsoever. Um, I also thought we'd see Taysom Hill get more snaps, which – but um, – <laughs> You I don't know, think I've ever seen you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand him. Outstanding. Um, but hey, and Michael Thomas, we don't know when Michael Thomas gets back. He might be week eight or nine. Um, so you, you you throw somebody like that in the mix of an offense that is moving the ball and having some success in a defense that is playing at that level. Yeah, the, the Saints and their division is not great. Hey, so let hey. me. Let me tell you the one team I don't want to talk too much about them because the, their opponents are a combined over, but the team that I really, really think that was going to take the next step this year because now they finally have a decent signal caller is the Denver Broncos. And I know they've beaten the Jets and the Giants, but, you know, the Giants at home, that was, that was a good win in Jacksonville. But a win's a win in the NFL. And you go you go 3-0, and I don't care who you're playing. It's the NFL. These are pros. And uh, they're, looking, they're looking good. 26-0 against the Jets. The Jets, that was, I watched part of that game. That, that might have been one of the worst displays of anything and I didn't think they can get any worse than the week before. Well, they did. They're bad team. Well, you chose Jacksonville, I think, or the Texans to be bad. One of the teams. Uh, it was, was going to be a toss-up. Yeah, I took the Jets, and <laughs> so far, 
kudos so good. to this guy. Yeah, they're garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so oh, we're getting gosh. close to uh, the end of the show. Uh, private hey. chat here. Our producer Mike has uh, rubbed in the fact that he has Cooper Cup now in our fantasy league and hmm. is living large with his key injuries. Christian McCaffrey out. Brutal. Like from a Panthers and a fantasy. Christian McCaffrey is big time points on and mm. off the field. But yep. that does leave the door open for Chubba Hubbard, the Canadian <laughs> out of the West. So go get it, seize it, take it, make a, the best out of that opportunity you have. Week four, we're going to go through these kind of quickly because, again, we're getting close to the hour thing. So I'm going to ask you, i got six games I want to find out who you're going to take on. And I'm going to ask you for your lock of the week, which is also likely the upset of the week because you jinx that, and then uh, the actual upset of the week if you haven't. Um, the Raiders are at the Chargers. Who do you got? Uh, I got? I actually have the Los Angeles Chargers for this one because I think their receivers are, are- – really big and that and the Raiders are going to have a hard time with a big receivers who can make plays on those 50 50 balls so I got the Chargers there when it's tight I take the home team the Chargers came off a real big victory with the Chiefs I big think win they, confidence I think they ride that confidence uh, against the Raiders I'm with you there Tampa Bay at New England not a super tight one but this is Tom Brady I believe his first road trip back to New England since mm-hmm. playing with the Bucks. Uh, did Tampa Bay just run it? Yeah, I think Tampa. I think Tampa. They're going to get their their passing game in order, and I think that, I think it's going to get ugly for Mac Jones. I think the the Tampa defense. They brought in Richard Sherman this week. I don't know whether they whether they sign him or not. Whether he even plays if they do sign him. But uh, I think I think Tampa's defense is going to want to make a statement uh, after giving up thirty four to the Rams. Uh, I think it's going to be a long day for Mister Jones. Uh, speaking of signing, uh, the Chiefs just signed uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, the uh, receiver who's chronically in and out of rehab and stuff like that. Mm. Anyway, he's past his physical and he's been signed. Uh, the other game, the does he play defense? Baltimore Ravens <laughs> at the Denver Broncos. It's a great game. It's a great, great game. This is a big game for Denver. Baltimore's that litmus test team. They're so good. They're so well coached. Uh, that you know, teams gauge how good they are based on how they perform against the Ravens. So if Denver is a legit team, they have to beat the Ravens. Now that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baltimore because I think that was a big win last week, and I think Lamar Jackson is gonna make just enough plays. And Teddy Bridgewater hasn't seen any kind of defense yet like the Ravens. I think they'll they'll fall to three and one, but it's not gonna derail Denver. I just think that the Ravens are are too much too experienced. So you're saying the Ravens over the Lions was a big win last week? Uh, again, a win's a win in the NFL, and the All Lions right. have played right. pretty well. Like, All right. yeah, uh, a stolen win. Yeah, I think <laughs> hey, at some point, I think Baltimore's bubbles got to burst a bit because of the injuries they have running the ball, and Denver's yeah, sure. defense is pretty good. Uh, way better than the Chiefs' defense. So I think that's oh. going to be – anyway, I'm taking Denver in this game. I think mile high. I think with, uh, again, the the luck that the Ravens have had over the last little while and facing a defense like Denver's, I think it might be might pose some issues. So I'm going to take Denver in that one. If I can clarify, I'm cheering for Denver. Um, that makes a difference. I'm cheering for them. Noted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, are in Dallas to face the Cowboys. <clears throat> you know what? This is a tough call because obviously the Panthers are undefeated, but the Cowboys last night, uh, they showed me that their offense uh, can be potent again. I think it looks like the guys are getting healthy and they've got a little bit of uh, – how about the story coming out with Lyle Collins trying to bribe the uh, – the drug tester? Did you hear to read that? I mean, he's suspended for six games, and now the the story came out that, that he tried to bribe the uh, the guy who wanted to administer the drug test or something. Anyway, it, of course he would. He's a Why mess. wouldn't you? If you've taken but, drugs and you're about yeah. to take a piss test, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. a millionaire. What can I do? Like, but, but it's conflicting stories because earlier in the week it was like you know he's had some issues with uh, he had a family member he had to miss a, te- a drug test because he had to go to a family member's funeral and like there were some stories that were like okay I kind of feel for this guy and then this comes out anyway but Zach Martin great uh, great lineman uh, Tyron Smith is back healthy they're looking good I'm gonna go Cowboys at home I think the Cowboys win like twenty four ten something like that I think Sam Darnold comes crashing down to earth. I'd like to see Sammy Boy explode. I'd like to see. I, actually, I haven't, boy. I haven't seen him play. Like, I haven't seen any Carolina games other than highlights. So, uh, I do want to see them versus the the Cowboys. It depends on some of the injuries on the defensive front from for the Cowboys. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to watch the game. So, if they're playing the Cowboys, it'll be on TV because that's America's team. And anyway, we'll mm. see. It. So, we'll get a good he- idea of where Sam Darnold falls into. But um, you know. All the highlights and stats say that he's kind of maybe found a team to to go with. Anyway, they just traded away when, their, um, their Dan Arnold tight end. Dan Arnold, yeah, I know. I saw that. <laughs> to, uh, uh, the minute uh, McCaffrey got hurt, Darnold came crashing down to earth. And, uh, the you know, that Texans game was actually a closer game than it should have been. But uh, he, he got hurt, and then you saw the Panthers offense struggle a little bit. So we'll see there. Yeah, surprise. It's Christian McCaffrey. He's one of the best offensive players <laughs> in the league. So, oh, when he's gone, they're not sure, and they just start to put some pressure on him? Of course. That's going to happen. It's going to be on Chubba yeah. Hubbard to see what uh, what he does. And, yeah, realistically, they're not going to run much on the Cowboys. The Cowboys probably yep. win. It's a game I want to watch. Seahawks at the Niners, divisional mm. rivals. Both 2-1, hey, uh, some- and one, I think, right now. No, I think see, I think Seattle's one and two. All right, they're to, both one and two. Then that. maybe I think they're both the same. Uh, anyway. Niners are two and zero. Oh, Niners are two and one, and Seahawks are one and two. And Seahawks, uh, if they're if you oh, could yeah. call any game a must win after week four, it might be this one. Seattle goes down one and three. There was in the off season. Russell Wilson was there were rumors that he wasn't happy. This can't help. So I mean I you know I think this is a must win for Seattle. I think Seattle comes in and, and wins because it's a must win. So I think Seattle goes two and two and they pull out a win here against the Niners and they come crashing back down too. The Niners come crashing back down? A little bit. I think injuries, again, their backfield is decimated. They got Trey Sermon and they've been using uh I don't know, the fullback's name, Jiskowitz. Use check. Yuschevic. Yuschevic. Use check. Anyway, I I put I'm picking you up on waivers, whatever your last name is. Anyway, <laughs> use use check. Yeah, use to be good. We're gonna get you on this and let's roll. Um, anyway, they got to use him a bit more creatively uh, because they're just down in backs, and I don't know if Garoppolo's got to throw it all over the place. It'd be tough, you know. It's hard to see the Niners losing twice at home, but to back to back weeks to you know either rivals 
or divisional rivals. Anyway, yep. must win. I agree. Um, hoping the, so- the the Seahawks win. The last game I want to ask you about, which I think might be one Whoa. of the real good ones, is the Arizona Cardinals are mm. at the Rams this mm. week, both 3-0. and Correct me mm. if I'm wrong because you will. Is it 3-0? You are correct, sir. Okay. Uh, divisional rivals. <laughs> Who comes out ahead? That's a great game to watch. You want to highlight a game to watch this this week? It's that one. Uh, and it's the Raiders why. Chargers, I'd it's say. I'm going to go. I, I think the Rams, absolutely the Rams pulled this out. I think the Cards, you know, uh, weak first half against Jacksonville. They snuck out a win against Minnesota. They should have lost. Um, I think the, the Cards are not who we say they are. We <laughs> let them off the hook. I think the Rams come out this week and, uh, and uh, pull out a win again to remain undefeated. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, again, at that stadium, if there's any shadow of a doubt, I take the home team. I think that does, you know, give you sure. extra for real right now. Who's call- <laughs> was that? Curtis calling me? Call- hey, Kurt, we're live. Uh, might have been producer Mike too. I don't know if he's gone. Okay. Anyway, weird. That just came up. Okay. Uh, okay. Rattled. I'm rattled. We got to run this. We're just about done. All right. Okay. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Who's your lock of the week? Mine's the Buffalo Bills, which is a cheap, a cheap choice. Who are they playing? The Houston Texans. Hey, you know, Houston plays good defense. I, you know, I, I mean, it's they're not very good, but they played good defense. Uh, mine, mine has to be anybody playing the Jets, and it's Tennessee this week. So I think Tennessee is my lock of the week. I believe it's Tennessee. Can we confirm that? Can sorry, I'm looking. I can yeah. see producer Mike just came nope. back on, and I think he's the one that was calling us. Okay, <laughs> it is Tennessee. I'm sure it's Tennessee. And if it is, t- it, whoever's playing the Jets is my lock yeah, of the week Tennessee, this week. But in New York, though, does yeah, New York does it blind the Tennessee Titans? No, <laughs> it's going to be Tennessee. Pick in Tennessee. Book it. Forty-one zero. This, uh, if my bookie's listening, put money on the Jets to break the hey. streak based on Pep's. Choice. Let me tell you, Pittsburgh's in in Green Bay at four four thirty five or four twenty five whenever kickoff is. That could be a ten point if the spread is ten. It could be ugly. I think I think Green Bay could win this game like thirty four to ten or something like that. It's uh, this is going to be the the eye opener, the one that sends Steeler Nation into like a uh oh, our window is closed. What are we going to do after Big Ben? This is the week. All right, there you got your reverse jinx officially. Noted into the show. All right, done. Yes. Who's yes. your upset? You have an upset watch this week. I find it very hard to pick an upset because the games are uh, so evenly matched. That are any of them actually going to be upsets? I just had my schedule up here. Let me have a. Give me two seconds. I know we're we're short for time. I just had it up here. Now I let it go. The upset. The only one I can think of that might be an actual upset because again, the games this week are very evenly matched. Even the bad ones like Detroit, Chicago, Washington, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, Houston and Buffalo. Yeah. I'm not picking uh, Houston to upset them, but even the chiefs and Eagles would be tight. The giants and the saints could be a close one. Um, Jacksonville Bengals. I don't know. I'm Who, who's your upset. Well, the only one I can think of that might happen I was taking the Patriots. Patriots at home against Tampa Bay. You you have the guy that created your opponent mm. defending against him. A mm. guy who should know his strengths and weaknesses better than anybody because he made Tom Brady 
Tom Brady is now playing defense. So if he has the right guys to effectively use the defensive scheme he wants to against Tom Brady, then I think yeah. that's going to cause problems. I don't know if he has the ponies to do that, but mm. that's my my upset watch. I could be completely wrong, but again, I'm hoping that Tom Brady forget well, I'm hoping. I'm not betting on them, but I'm you know that uh, Tom Brady forgets which place he's playing for and starts throwing to the opposite jersey and throws some pick sixes cuz he's looking at Mr. Kraft up in the mm. anyway, you never know. My upsets. Oh, here's uh, well, actually, you know, it's it's crazy. This uh, Falcons Washington game. If the Falcons win, they're two and two. I mean, uh, don't ask me how, but here are two upset games for me. I think the Colts at zero and three can go into Miami and and beat Miami at one and two if Brissett's still under center. No offense to Brissett. I think he played well against the Raiders, but you know, it's a winnable game for for the zero and three Colts. I don't even know if that's an upset because Dolphins are one and two. That's what I'm saying. These aren't. Yeah, is it an upset because they're both not great teams? Well, or like their records aren't great. You know what I mean? So what's that spread? Yeah. That spreads one and a half. That's not really an upset to me. That's a, a, a split. I know this sounds obviously biased, but I do think Pittsburgh could go into Green Bay and upset them just if they have a good defensive scheme and they come out angry. Um, that could be that that would be considered an upset as far as I'm concerned, because the way Pittsburgh's playing. I mean, geez, they could, they couldn't beat the Jets right now. They're plus six so, and a half. Even the Patriots are only plus six and a half on Tampa. The biggest spread is, is minus seven and a half, Tennessee over New York. And well, Buffalo minus sixteen and a half over Houston. <laughs> uh, you know, again, that's a that's a game. It depends who's under center. If it's that uh, guy with the long neck there, uh, Davis Mills, I don't think the Texans have a chance. But if it's Tarod Taylor, I don't know. If it's Deshaun Watson, I mean, I don't know. Did you just say they, Deshaun Watson? Watson. Watson. <laughs> it's not going to be Deshaun Watson or the more fancy Watson. Watson. They got to figure out something for him. They got to loosen their stance on what they're asking for and get get him out of town and get something in return because right now just to ha- just his presence is probably not a very positive influence, you know, or or play the guy. I mean, play him until he's convicted. I have no idea what what's going on. You know, I don't condone that, but I mean, what's going on? Like, what's the deal? Right. We don't know. We're not getting a lot of uh, media or any real no, information nothing. out of here. So weird. C'est la vie. Um, on that note, I believe the Jays are one. It's one one right now. Bottom one of three. one. Aaron Judge just hit a home run there. Now it's uh, Jays are up to bat, I believe. So it's one one. That was the home run to tie. <sighs> yep. Okay. So we got to watch the Jays. Um, in Let's go. same fashion as how I needed to end my episode when Florida lost to Alabama, we are going to go out to a song um, called Eye of the Tiger. And that's going to be for my boy Pep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, I'm going to have it on next time. <laughs> All right, so I the Tiger on behalf of the Bengals. A big victory in Pittsburgh. Tune in next week. We're back live, I believe, which is great. Yep. We want more comments. Make sure you guys check out. We're going to get the gear page up. We keep saying soon. He keeps telling me soon. And I uh, hope you guys have a great day. I don't know what the Red Black score is, but my guess is 35 nothing Elks, and it's probably <laughs> only six minutes into the game. I hate, no rough to, riders. I hate to trash our local team, but they are not great, and something's got to change. 14 zip. Is it 14 zip? For the Red Blacks. No, it is not. That's what Court said. 
goodbye, everybody. I sign <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>